0: all right it is time for another edition of the raptors 2k podcast brought to you by our friends at uber eats this is episode number 10. we finally shane entered in to double digits it seems like it took forever but we're here feels good how about you my man i know it hasn't been too long since we last talked but what's going on
1: yeah things are good uh heading downtown soon to meet the team for an end of season dinner so it's great haven't been able to spend too much time with the guys this year to be honest in person I think everyone's just been super busy so my advisory role has been more of a remote role so yeah i'm excited to get down there and see everyone you know now the pressure of the season's over you know we don't have to talk business too much you can just go you know hang out with the guys um say hi to the team the back office and the you know the players and i'm uh, looking forward to a good night there and yeah it's been a, been a bit of a work week we, we had a amp video run into a limited ad situation. And so we've been troubleshooting that for two, three days. I know as a content creator, you probably fought that battle before. It's super confusing because it's not at all clear what's wrong. Uh, And so you're kind of, it's a process of trial and error. So for those of you in the content creation space, you know, you probably can relate. It's a little bit of a difficult process to kind of navigate through, but we're finally good. That video is going out at 6 p.m. tonight. It's a very different style of video uh, for AMP, uh, but I think our audience is gonna like it. It's kind of playing off of something that happened very naturally and now we're kind of having a little bit of fun with it. So.
0: But you? Nothing wrong with that, man. Just got back all from Baltimore. Good, right? Yeah, I uh, I flew out. My flight was at like six a.m. So I've been home for maybe like an hour, um, or so. I haven't even unpacked yet, but that's all good. I just been chilling, man. You already know I love doing the podcast. So for me personally, I, I know I'm going to order order a nice little meal off of Uber Eats. But you said you're going to dinner, so I gotta imagine today you're going with something light. I'm all into yeah,
1: you know what, I feel uh, obligated because of the pod, even though we're recording at an awkward time in uh, the late afternoon. But, you know, when in doubt, just get a really healthy, light smoothie. And uh, you can't go wrong with that, packing your body with some nutrients, a little protein tied me until I get there. And maybe if I have a healthy smoothie, it'll make me make wiser decisions at Real Sports, because Real Sports has some real sports, by the way, is the restaurant connected to the arena MLSE yeah. uh, owns it. It's our sports bar huge screen. I have, I have aspirations, I have a dream of throwing a Counter Strike viewing party there. Uh, we almost did it you know, one time toward the end of my tenure. Uh, perhaps as an advisor they will allow me to someday you know, run a viewing party in the, in the building. But uh, they have some delicious but very high calorie options. So maybe by having a healthy smoothie delivered to me by our good friends at Uber Eats right now will help me make wiser decisions when I get there tonight that I won't regret so much when I'm at the lake this weekend.
0: Bro, enjoy your smoothie. I'm being a complete tubby and ordering Dave's Hot Chicken. About four or five chicken strips, a bunch of fries. It's a secret sauce. And I don't feel bad about it one bit. All right? Oh, dude, when I'm tired or hungover, that's where,
1: like, health, it's like, no, let's just treat myself right now. I'm on the same wave, yes. like,
0: <clears throat>
1: true story. So Dave's Hot Chicken, so is
0: that everywhere? No, I've only ever seen it on the, I've only ever seen it in California. Okay, that's- so there's
1: one, there's one that I've seen here in cottage country. So Toronto has this area called Muskoka. It's almost like the Hamptons to New York type thing. And I saw this Dave's Hot Chicken and I heard one of these kind of like local, you know, Muskoka entrepreneurs, guys who's kind of been running like, you know, the, the business scene for a little while on like the wake sports and stuff like that. I'm like, I heard it's one of his. I'm like, oh, I'll go support I used to know these guys back in the day. And then I saw Drake tweet about Dave's Hot Chicken and apparently Drake's an investor in Dave's Hot Chicken. So it seems like this oh, thing man. is like huge and it's got some big celebrity endorsements and it's going like crazy. So cool to hear that that's on Uber Eats for you out there.
0: Yeah, man, it's I, I'm a huge fan, huge fan of Dave's Hot Chicken, no doubt about that. So we'll see what gets here first. I think I have a feeling, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, we'll, 10-0, we'll, baby, we'll run know, baby, ten to Yeah, we'll run the gambit as per usual. Uh, you mentioned the end of end of season dinner, so I guess everything's done. Season Everything is, is done. Well, yeah, 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 the season is complete. The
1: unfortunately, the uh, the dream that I thought might be attainable of uh, pulling off some miracle runs here. In the wildcard tournaments in the ticket of the turn or the steal sorry uh did not come to fruition for the guys so season is over i think a huge learning season um for for a lot of uh for everyone you know talent on the court uh you know team behind the scenes uh been very locked in on kind of conversations there and uh you know i also think that the team learned a lot this year like when your back is up against the wall it's like the motivation to kind of add to your preparation process is there and you know, I think that they developed a lot of good habits, a lot of good systems, hired some good people, et cetera, who I have no doubt will, you know, pay off, you know, in the long run and, and hopefully next year. Yeah. Spade to spade, we're in a bit of a tough spot. You know, I think everyone was so confident in this team. We traded up, we traded up to get Saint. You know, I don't think anyone regrets, you know, that because Saint's, you know, a great player and has a bright future in the league and, you know, Who knows what the team will do, but, you know, as someone who's a bit at arm's length now, I hope he's part of the core going forward. Uh, But we had to trade up to get him, so we do not have a first round pick. Obviously, again, expectation was let's trade up, let's build a powerhouse, and then that pick won't be worth that much anyway, because it'll be a late first rounder, and now it's going to be, you know, pretty high first round pick, which we unfortunately do not have. So it's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of work this offseason to try to figure out how to put the best team forward next year.
0: I feel that, man. No days off, man. And, you know, obviously, guys, you know, exiting the league for, for the remainder of the year, it's all good, though, man. You know, always take some positives out of the negatives. But let's introduce our guest because, obviously, we're here. We love to talk. We love the bench, We love the riff. But we're not here alone. We actually have one of the, the biggest Canadian uh, NBA 2K League content creators uh, for my team, if I'm not mistaken. Henry is in the build. If we want to bring him in with our three box, that would be awesome there he is yo know, what's Jason? going on appreciate Shane what's that, going on friend? Phil how you guys doing fantastic Henry thank you for asking my friend how about yourself doing great man appreciate you taking the time to be here i'm um, doing great man weather's pretty
2: good trying to enjoy as much of the summer as i can right before 2k23 drops and i lock myself in my office for the first month of september so yeah things are great right.
1: <laughs> big time of year for you guys
0: <laughs> yeah cool well I great guess, to I meet you man yeah it's it's nice gonna That's sick. Like, all right, so you mentioned that the new 2K drop, like, is there like a process to that? Like you say, you you know, kind of spend like a month in your office and stuff like that. Like, do you have like a game plan of like videos that you want to take care of or is it just spur of the moment type content?
2: Um, I mean, usually the plan for when my team first drops, or I guess really 2K in general, is a lot of people are looking for the tutorials, right? How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna get in the most competitive ready way possible or just in general to succeed in the mode, whether that be my team or park, or whatever so usually i'm starting things off with the tutorials because entertaining videos usually carry more towards the end life of my team which is what i'm doing right now which i honestly enjoy the most but as far as preparation things i like to do is find different soundboards for my videos find different instrumentals just so it really feels like you're transitioning into a new year with your audience as well so it's just a little different things that i try to do to make sure they feel like they're jumping into a new game
1: tap into the sweats the the pre game or early launch you know confidence that this is going to be the year that they become one of the best players on the game and they just want to learn how to get there and then reality sets in and now it's time to just kick back and be entertained (laughs) by the youtubers a little bit right
2: yeah exactly
1: cool well it's great to meet you man i've been kind of paying attention from a little bit of a distance obviously uh you know i've been involved in a lot of the marketing planning meetings and your name's been coming up all season and uh i know there's been a lot of kind of successful co-campaigns together and you're kind of yeah. right at the spot even a little bit ahead of where agent zero was when i first met him you know when when yeah. my first week on the job uh before season one of the 2k league that was the first call i made you know there were only a couple people i knew in in uh, canada even let alone toronto who were doing things in the 2k space and uh, that's what kind of kick-started agent and i's relationship and obviously now we've worked very yeah. closely but yeah. Uh, yeah, good for you. And it looks like you've got a lot of engagement. I mean, even some of the like giveaway stuff, like just really big response on social media. So it seems like things are cooking.
2: How long have you been doing this? Uh, so I've been doing it in total for about six years. Seriously, for about four years. I started off okay. back in 2017 where, I mean, everyone that was youthful, or I guess even interested in YouTube at the point, everyone has that thought that comes to their mind. What can I really do when it comes to YouTube? And the whole idea of YouTube was always very interesting to me because, even six years ago, which doesn't sound too long ago, was pretty early still as far as YouTube's lifespan. I mean, it sounds like YouTube's been around for a while and now people take a lot more pride in being content creators, but back then it wasn't as easy to be as prideful unless you were super successful. But uh, nonetheless, YouTube was super entertaining. I love gaming, I love basketball. It just seemed like something that made sense. And I played 2K every year since I first picked it up in like 2K7. So. One of my friends was like, why don't you just try to make content on it? There's no harm in it. And uh, it was tough. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we don't give content <laughs> enough credit as to the preparation <laughs> of that goes into content. But the first year oh, no. was just kind of a uh, mess around here, see what it was like. I gave up like six months in because I couldn't manage it with work, school, everything else. But then 2K18 came around and that's when I started taking it seriously. And that's when I went from 1600 subs to 10K. And I was like, hold on, Maybe I can kind of do something with this. And then 2K 19 is where things really start to take off for me.
1: Yeah, You got to love it, right? Um, I think that's one thing I hear all the guys say, if you don't really love making the content, you'll never get there because, you know, that's the only thing that carries you in the beginning and then once you kind of make it, you know now it's like all the low fruits gone now you have to be thinking about it every day and obsessing because like staying you know ahead of the trends finger on the pulse you know coming up with creative ideas once everything that you know is obvious has been done uh, that's a grind you know and i don't think yeah. like, to you know to your point i don't think people give creators enough credit right i think you know sometimes you almost look at like some shoddy editing here and there and think like oh they're not really trying that hard when really like you know if they're doing it
2: all on
0: their own you know they're doing yeah, it a, lot, a lot more than you would yeah. think. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, 100%. don't
2: get me wrong. Doing YouTube is amazing. I would not yeah. trade this for anything else in the world. But there's definitely right. times where you're basically 24/7 working because you've recorded, you've edited, you've uploaded, and immediately you're in the thinking process of what's coming out tomorrow, this week, whatever.
1: Totally. Hey, clocking in at an office every morning is is uh, you know a grind too. But uh, you know this is not yeah. necessarily that different, it, it, and it's all yeah. the time and. You know, the other thing is, is it's really, it's a bet, you know, on yourself, right? You can go a stable route and go, hey, I have a 30-year career being an accountant, whereas this is a little bit more like you make it or you break it, right?
2: Yeah, it can be um, a very limited shelf life.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, but it requires consistency. It's awesome to see you gaining traction. I love seeing, you know, Canadians in our space. Obviously, it's huge. (laughs) Um, Do do you do anything other than 2K? Is it all 2K stuff?
2: Uh, Right now, it's mainly my team, but this is the year that I'm looking to kind of expand and diversify into different things couple things that I want to do that I've been neglecting for so long, which I'm kind of beating on myself a little bit for is really putting my content onto TikTok as well, because that just might be the best growth algorithm I've ever seen in terms of anything before. But uh, I want to jump into TikTok. I want to kind of dive into the park scene, the my career scene just a little bit more, because as much as 2K itself is a sport, the communities are so separated when it comes to the different game modes, and you don't realize that until you try to upload all these different kinds of content so i want to jump into that i kind of want to now that i've kind of built a decent community i want to try to uh experiment with different forms of content as well whether that be jumping into fitness or even playing different games so that's something i'm just kind of trying to game plan for
0: that's that's scary as a content creator um you know having to because you have like your dedicated audience you expect one thing but then like you kind of introduce them to something else so I feel like, you know, it's always like I don't want my views to like kind of shift or tank or anything like that because people aren't used to this. But from what I've seen, it's worth taking that chance. Right. I think like the the initial hit might be a little like it might annoy you a little bit. But in the long run, being able to diversify your content is going to sustain you for a long time.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think that's something I'm probably going to try to do on a second channel as well, just because I want things to kind of stay steady Mark. and consistent as far as the HDB channel, because. I've come, like, as I've grown, a lot of people I find get annoyed when they realize they upload new or different content on their channel. And they're upset that these people that have been riding with them through all these views and stuff don't ride with them. And I've just yeah. kind of understood it from the business aspect <clears throat> where, for example, you go to Porsche to buy a Porsche. You don't go to Porsche to buy candy. So if they tried to sell candy to you or something it wouldn't really be as effective because you're known for this one niche. So that's kind of what I wanna do with the second channel is build that up with something else. And even though it's gonna take time, I've kind of put myself in a position where I'll be able to hire an editor and occasionally put more time to the second channel and whatnot. That's great, man. That's yeah. great.
1: <laughs> what, 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 so Henry, I don't, I don't know enough about your skill set. Was the 2K League ever uh, an aspiration for you? Did it never really make sense? Like where are you at as a player?
2: So, when I first started growing in 2K, I had to be competitive because I found that that is kind of the easier barrier for entry when it comes to 2K is you make your name known a little bit more for being a sweat, right? So that's kind of what it did right. with my team. Park, I always mess right. around with friends, but I was just never enough of a dribblehead or <laughs> have the crack reaction time to be into the 2K League. I think it'd be something to, that'd be cool to try for in the future. And I try to pay attention to the 2K League, especially since the beginning. I heard about people being able to make money esports playing 2k i mean that was a very cool leap but uh it's something i'm interested in for sure and i'll kind of have to see how i go about it when i jump into the park scene this year see if i can keep up with some of these guys
1: well not to uh you know talk too much about conversations behind closed doors or anything like that but you know i was on the competition committee for the 2k league when they were putting together this concept of doing you know 3v3 and that was kind of the vision you know it's like hey let's create a 3v3 uh you know portion of the league or even like half of the season and let's have it also yeah. have some open qualifiers so hopefully yep. some of these park players who are elite you know maybe doing well enough as content creators they don't want to derail what they're doing and join a 2k league franchise where it's like you're know you're practicing yeah. every day, you practicing everyday you don't have as much time for your content but we can still bring yeah. them in you know have them compete and also that helps make you know what we're you know the, the 2k league players be more exposed and relatable right? It's like, you know, I was it's actually a different mode is... of the game. It's like, no one knows how good they really are, right? And if I all agree. of a sudden yeah. the, the 2K League players are beating, you know, your favorite park player, that's a great thing. And if they're not beating the favorite park player, then at least that there's this, like, back and forth. And then Hopefully those park players will help the 2K League players, you know, rise because if there's one thing I know about, you know, all the players in the game, it's like they're really adaptable, right? Like the league, yeah. you know, I think more than anything requires adaptability because we never know what we're getting. Yeah. And so I really do think yeah. that like it skews right now to players who are able to kind of reinvent themselves and sort of, you know, crack the game, get a little sweaty, you know, learn it. And so I think playing against park players in a setting like this for, you know, seven figures of prize money is going to help rise the tide and teach the 2K League players how to play stage and, you know, play a little yeah. more, you know, like the retail side of the game. So I think that's definitely, that's what I, where I hope this all goes for 3v3.
2: Yeah, I very much agree. I mean, at the same time, too, when we think about it, the 2K League's only been around since, what, 2018? So it's been like what four or maybe five yep. years. Correct me if yep, I'm wrong exactly. there, but it's still pretty. This young. Is still something it's still pretty that young. is very much in a ground up process. So while it's there's still new additions and stuff like that. I love the fact that you guys added the whole all star team, and then now recently the three v three is honestly what I've been paying attention to a lot because, like you mentioned, it's a lot more relatable.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I agree with you, you know, I think that uh, of all the esports that I've been involved in and, you know, they don't even pay me to say this stuff anymore. I still just believe it to be true. The 2K League has probably the most forgiving runway ahead of it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the franchises are all owned and operated by NBA teams for the most part. Obviously, you've got Gen G, you you've got Dukes. The point being, yeah. these are, you know, backed by NBA teams. and So there's always going to be resources. You know, there'll probably be budgeting priorities, and so it needs to make business sense at some point. But a little bit less pressure than if you're just some startup esports org, right? And you got to like turn a profit this year, you know, and all that. So I think that there's that, and then there's also. The fact that you know most games are always at risk of becoming dated and surpassed within their genre. The 2K League really isn't. I mean, who knows? Maybe EA can come out with a competitor at some point that will actually sniff at it. But I think as long as the yeah. NBA is relevant and that trajectory is you know <laughs> you know up and to the right, <laughs> you know, no faith in EA, huh? Um, but, you know, <laughs> but, but the no. but point is, the NBA is up and to the right, you know what I mean? As long as the NBA is relevant and gaming becomes more prevalent and all that, like there's always going to be a spot for 2K. Obviously, I think we see that in the results of the retail side of the game. Like there's just such an engaged player base, you know, now bridging that yeah. gap. I think the league, has, the league has time, is the point, to figure out how to better bridge that gap. So, you know, we can see the same level of, uh, you know, engagement in the actual league broadcasts as you know, converting more of the players into fans. Um, so I think they have a lot of time to figure it out, but I also, you know, sooner the better. But I, I, I think the 3v3 was, you know, one great example of them sort of thinking outside of the box and not just being stuck in what they were doing and looking for opportunities yeah. to accomplish exactly that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, big agree on that. Henry, I, I have on my uh, my notes thing, you started out your YouTube career without using Facecam? Uh, yeah, I mean... To be fair, I just kind of didn't have the
2: utilities <laughs> to start things off. And I, I still believe oh, that you people broke. can't go without a nah. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know,
2: you know what? That's an easy way to put it because here's the thing. Yeah. I, I didn't really start doing YouTube until I got my first legitimate laptop. And that was when I turned 18 for my parents. and They got me a MacBook because before I had the notebooks, but those really aren't doing anything more than taking notes and hopping on Microsoft Word and stuff like that. So when I first, finally yeah. got a MacBook, I was like, you know what? I'll give this a try. And when I go back to my old content, it was just horrible. And I still don't understand how people manage to uh, watch my videos. But that's the big thing with YouTube or being a content creator is the big first step you have to take is just actually doing it. A lot of people sometimes focus too much on perfection off the bat, and then they get into it and they realize that it actually might not be for them. But uh, for me, I had a MacBook in my bedroom sitting on top of a shoebox to which my Elgato was connected to a 40-inch TV. And, like, now these days, TVs are much more optimized for gaming. But back then, there was the insane controller delay. So I was just at a big disadvantage when I started. And then then I was also using my MacBook Pro microphone for my videos. So it was just – it was chalked. (laughs) You know what, though, man? Like, uh, that's the best
1: way to start.
2: It's the best way to start, uh, honestly. Yeah. And then uh, regarding the no facecam in general, I just – Again, I wasn't in the place where the setup looked good, so I just kind of kept going with things. Then I realized that I got more comfortable. And the thing about the face cam wasn't even necessarily that I was worried about how I looked or my presentation or anything like that. It was just more that the difference between making content with no face cam versus a face cam was actually a lot more different than I realized because you want to be more engaged with the lens and different things like that. So that's something I tried once, didn't get too comfortable with. Kept going with a no face cam because I thought I could do fine. Some people said I wouldn't succeed without it. so. I gave him the big old suck it once I got to 100K without <laughs> using a face cam, but at some point I got to realize- Wow, you got that there, wow, well. yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually I think I got to almost 200K without a face cam, but um, anyways, awesome. uh, I That's realized great. that I got to adapt as a creator at some point. So the face cam was something that was almost kind of necessary for me to evolve as far as my content goes
1: well, hopefully this is received within the appropriate way and I didn't intend to deliver it, but, like, you've got a good face for content, too, right? So, you you know, you should be yeah. on camera, to be honest with you. You know, it's yeah. funny because, like, Rage, I had no idea what dude looked like, and then when he looked, when he revealed himself, yeah. I'm like, dude's like a model. Like, what? why is he hiding with no cam? Yeah, you know no, know I, I, mean?
2: I completely agree, but he still manages to pull insane views without a face cam, but well, he's, he's at he's that so point, that'd be either his, very his informative so or just
0: super entertaining. So
2: yeah, so exactly. Creative. I agree. That's-
0: that's what it is. I want I want everybody watching to engage too, man. Because as per usual, we got a little little promo for Uber Eats gift card giveaway. Uh, the first three people who DM the Raptors GC Twitter account with the phrase Uber Eats HTB, you will receive a twenty five dollar. Uber Eats gift card. Take advantage of that. There you go. It's Henry's, Henry's already on top of it. <laughs> I mean, what are you waiting for? You
1: know? Henry beat you to it, folks. Because it hasn't even been uploaded yet. <laughs> no, but man, Henry. I just want to piggyback on what you said. I think there's great advice there. I think probably you know, if this audience for this you know episode, if the clips that we put on social organs skew you anywhere, it's probably the people who are interested in content creation and you know truly just get started. And that's what I mean by you got to love actually creating the content, right? You know, I can yeah. say that in my career, I kind of I fell in love with this idea of like starting companies or starting working on early stage startups, you know what I mean? I just kinda loved that whole thing. It was going on in Silicon Valley. I was consuming all of the content, reading all the methodology, et cetera. And I just took this like leap of faith and jumped into doing my first startup without knowing like knowing I didn't know things you know what i mean just being like i don't yeah. know what i don't know but the only yeah. way i'm going to figure it out the fastest way i'm going to figure it out is just by jumping in head first and Taking learning it step. through the process and do it now like at that point you know it was a little i think you should start in content creation much earlier than this but i was around like 26 27 and i was like if i don't do this now i'm going to settle into stability and in my 30s it's, i'm never going to do this at that you know what I mean? Yeah. And I did, and it blew up in my face. And you know, it cost, you know, I had I was living off of my savings while doing a startup and you know that all evaporated and I kind of again went into it eyes wide open knowing that was gonna happen. But man, did I come yeah. out of the other side like so much more ready for what I really want to do with my career. Right. Which was be able yeah. to actually start companies that where people would trust me with like bigger projects, bigger you know budgets, you know, more income revenue to manage all that kind of stuff. And, you know, also develop the, the know how to deal with the stress. Right. You go through a really stressful mm-hmm. situation, like a startup failing and all your savings going with it. And you learn how to yeah. You learn how to deal with it. And I think the same thing is true with content, right? You learn how to deal with the criticism too. It starts off on a small scale, like one person saying something nasty about me before. It used to be really tough. Now it's just like I just assume, <laughs> you know. And yeah, particular. in particular, I'm not in the line. Like, but just AMP in general, you know. You see like the trolls and stuff like that, and like you for know, sure. we were on a hiatus for content when the house, you know, we got evicted, and it's like you know, it's like. It's a marathon not a sprint so it's like you're gonna win in the end just stay focused on the long-term goals you know what i mean
2: yeah one thousand percent definitely don't get too high on the highs but don't get too on the low on the lows because i remember the first time like when things were really starting to gradually grow in 2k19 and the no money spent was taking off and stuff like that and i was like yo this this is nuts i'm, I'm pretty much set at this pace but then that first dip where 2k the hype kind of does it dies down and your views go down i go into this crazy panic attack like what's going to happen existential oh like no that. it's so, done my my dream's over yeah it's yeah. just trying to stay mm-hmm. calm through a lot of those things and again like you mentioned the trolls <laughs> can definitely be tough on you mentally but it's just something you kind of got to adapt to especially when it comes to the internet and that's really only where the internet is going to keep going trolls are only ever evolving so
1: well, man, one, a friend of mine once said Act. to me, you know, we all suffer from main character <laughs> syndrome. You think that because someone said ne- something negative about you, they're thinking about you all the time. you got to realize this is a fleeting yeah. moment in their troll day. You know what I mean? They're probably yeah. negative all over the place, trolling people left and right. Like, But we, we feel like, oh, when someone you know says something to us, it's because they're obsessed about us or thinking about us all the time. It's like main character syndrome, right? You really yeah. overemphasize intuitively how much people are actually focused on you versus just you know, casually know yeah. a troll comment because that's just the type of person that they are. That's cool. So, talk. Explain the uh, no money spent my team stuff. Walk us through that story. How did that all happen? And talk about like the success of it and and what it actually is for anyone listening.
2: Um, so back to the good old broke days. Usually, when it comes to these uh, ultimate team modes, usually they're heavily influenced by pack openings and being able to succeed by pulling all the best players. And while recently my team has done a much better job of being catered to people that don't need to spend money in the game, back in the day was heavily pay to win. But uh, I essentially was thinking about a way to diversify my content a little bit because at the time everyone was doing gameplays and different things like that. So I was like, there's this little opening in the market where a lot of people, or you could even say, I don't know the percentages. I'll just say like 80, 85% of people don't exactly have just money to throw at a video game. And I was like, that's a lot of viewers just sitting there in which I could help them succeed in a mode of feeling like they have to spend all this money. So I kind of just started it off for fun, trying to help people out and that, just kind of snowballed a lot heavier than I thought it would. And then eventually that just got really, really big. And I was actually
0: able to help a lot of people in the community, which is kind of the goal of it all. Sometimes it's Stop. that simple, man. Like, you know, I I feel like some of the, the best ideas too, are just like, not even necessarily the ones you think are just gonna blow, but like when they pop off, you just keep, capitalizing and just riding that kind of momentum and stuff like that uh for you outside of like gaming like do you have like a a favorite you know what's your favorite team player basketball related uh my favorite
2: i I was a player fan before i was a team fan when it came to the nba and my favorite player is lebron raymond james greatest player of all time but (laughs) anyways (laughs) uh then i kind of i would say told myself, I wouldn't even say there was necessarily nothing that stuck out about the Raptors when I was a kid, because a lot of the crazy players were on the Lakers and stuff like that. But I felt like that was a little bit too bandwagony. And the only team to support in Canada at the time was the Toronto Raptors. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to support them regardless of what's going on. And things more recently have been a lot better. But it was. I was kind of in a mix when LeBron was punching the life out of us in the 2010s for a good bit there because <laughs> I didn't know how to feel. I was excited that uh, LeBron was going to the finals, but at the same time, I'm like Raptors cannot get over this hump. Not at all. Yeah. Was
1: yeah really that was left, honestly so. becoming becoming Canada's team was huge. Yeah. Luckily, he left the uh, the time zone, went over to the West Coast. Yeah. But
2: hey, <laughs> he like you said,
1: I mean that championship run, like that was exciting. I think we, we we were so starved for that in Toronto, you know, on a major scale uh and it just all happened right at the right time you know like it kind of start for me remembering it, it kind of started with the blue jays kind of postseason runs when Drake just started popping off, like Drake really came out of just being like R&B Drake and all of a sudden like became more rapper yeah. Drake. And like, you yeah. know, really the world started really tuning into him and it felt like, okay, Toronto's cool. And then he dropped that big ring song right around the blue Jays when Bautista hit that walk off, you know, Homer in like the second round of yeah. the postseason or whatever. And then from there, it kind of channeled into him becoming the ambassador for the Raptors and the Raptors were really relevant. Kawhi comes and all of a sudden we win a championship. It was like, I think that was kind of peak Toronto, uh, at least for my lifetime and you know there's a time i grew up as a kid oh, and it was like it was yeah not, exactly. not that cool to be from toronto you know what i mean i remember yeah. you know, you'd see some like some hard kid pretending to be gangster and you're like yo you're from toronto relax you know no one here's hard like Go to New York. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah that was kind of I mean, was the, like the, the only moment,
2: thing people yes. were really talking about was vince carter with us i mean i'm not the biggest fan of vince carter but i will give him credit to the <laughs> attention and spotlight he put on toronto while he was here that was great for launching the brand for sure
1: uh, yeah. And it's funny how like kind of corny everyone thought the like purple dino stuff was back in the day, and like how timeless that stuff is now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like that That's and like crazy. the Miami and is like two peak like alternate team you know things. Like I even my you know the A and P guys, I go down there; they're wearing Raptors purple stuff just because they like the, the, <laughs> the style of it. And when it, it was panned yeah. across the board when it first came out in Toronto, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost ahead of its time in a sense, even though it's retro.
2: Aren't they bringing them back this year for their city editions? I could be wrong, but. You you might have a better
1: idea than I do. I'm I'm too far removed now uh, (laughs) for being able to have any of that scoop. But, I mean, it just makes sense. They kind of always do sort of repackage it up in certain ways, right? Yeah. Henry, we need to give you a chance to clear the air. I'm I'm looking at a photo here where apparently you got roasted by your community because you're, like, leaning back. Okay, talk to it. So, you're standing next to St. You know, I don't know your height. I mean, you don't look uh, you know particularly short. You're still taller than Kenny and Type beside (laughs) you, but I guess there's some sort of a story. So fill us in and clear the air.
2: Okay, so for a lot of people that don't know, there's somebody who plays for the Raptors Uprising team, and his name is Saints. But to be specific, his name is Big Saints, and for a reason. This man is standing at like six foot four. And I just chose to stand beside the wrong person in a picture and since then, the whole kind of meme of HT below 5'7 started for a good while. And there were short memes everywhere. But uh, to clarify, I'm a good 5'10. 5'9 and a half on a bad day. Buddy. Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. It was just something kind of fun that the community was poking at. You heard it here, folks. All the attention in that case was good attention. <laughs>
1: exactly. I was I was literally going to say that. You know, there's like that old adage, like all press is good press. And I think that kind of changed when the world changed, as far as you know how bad bad press can be. You know, in terms of actually like impacting career. However, I would say yeah. on social media, it's like all engagement is good engagement. Again, unless you're not unless you're getting canceled. But if they're yeah, memeing sure. you, if they're it's making fun of... of you, like yeah, you know, I, I think of some of those moments with like the A and P guys, right? Like I know, like one of the big things for Asia was when the bed broke and you know the bed was compromised. Like that was one of the first <laughs> memes I remember just seeing like
2: everywhere. Hey, you know, yeah. You know,
0: yeah, agent was popping off. I got
2: to got to experience that Los Polos hide experience for a good while. But
0: yeah, <laughs> that guy's a nut. Tell us how you really feel, Phil. Want to elaborate? Yeah, I'll, I'll, he's funny. He's funny <laughs> as hell. It's just like so eccentric. It's very, it's very amusing to watch.
1: Who's it's your top up. content creator, Henry? Who, when you're watching, when you're kicking back, or who inspires you? Who's top of your list?
2: Oh man, see that's that's tough because when I first started or prior to YouTube, I watched a lot of 2K content. But after I start, or I guess really got into 2K, it was very hard to play 2K, edit 2K, upload 2K, and then say that I want to watch work. 2K on YouTube. So yeah. for me, I yeah. watch a lot of different creators. I mean, even though KSI doesn't upload very much, I still like to watch him. Uh, I don't really have a specific niche that I'm really stuck to right now, I'd say. I'm always kind of just jumping from different areas in the YouTube world because, I'm watching for entertainment and I'm kind of learning different ways that people approach videos at the same time, because you either really adapt or you kind of get left behind. And that's kind of the case that you'll see now with a lot of content is with TikTok being so big, you'll notice that on YouTube, a lot of people are going for more short form content. And that's not to say that the longer videos don't prosper because they definitely do. But a lot of people have either gone to shorter videos or at the same time, they've got this whole Mr. Beast editing style where they're getting right into it they're not wasting any time and i mean you can read a lot of this stuff when you look at the analytics of your own videos but there's a whole text on the screen and different stuff like that so that's just kind of i use youtube as an entertainment research <laughs>
1: man i you know analytics sometimes I, on a lot of platforms on most platforms i've always just felt like you know the best way to kind of know what's working and what's not working is to just have your fingers on it to feel it like twitter i can just kind of feel it you know what i mean YouTube has, yeah. and I, I never, I never was into YouTube before the job I do now. And now that I look at and I monitor like minute by minute, every upload that AMP does, like YouTube's analytics are the most useful I've ever seen anywhere in any it's software, in anything I've ever done. Before.
2: Crazy. Yeah.
1: Like so helpful, no, I completely agree. so informative, like. You know what's crazy? So as you know, when you upload, like you don't even see your stats for a while. All you can see is like the views, right? So it takes like half an yeah. hour, 45 minutes before things to populate. For those who don't know, mm-hmm. on the dashboard of YouTube, when you put up a video, they have this like you know, ranking out of 10. And so what it basically is, is it's your last 10 uploads and the ranking tells you minute by minute how the current video is performing relative to your last 10 uploads. So, if you constantly have one out of 10, that means every time you're beating your own prior upload, you're like growing your channel exponentially at that point. Nobody, as yeah. far as I know, has probably ever hit a really long run of one out of 10s. We have had a pretty good run this summer with AMP for one out of 10s. But the point is, yeah. is that even before those numbers show up, I can just take the number of views, multiply it by 60, you know, you know prorate it to 60 minutes, and basically tell within 10,000 views how well that video is going to be doing an hour from now. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. wild how predictive this stuff is. And and super informative. So, yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what I'm talking about, right? If you want to get started, like your first step should be just being excited about the process of creating content. Even if no one's watching it, just like look at your own product and like get excited about creating your own product, right? And then your priorities will probably shift. It's like, how do I get more viewers? Okay, now how do I optimize? You know, but you kind of have to be obsessed with the process. If you're not, you'll never do it long enough or consistently enough to really get to that breakthrough point. Oh, yeah.
2: No, for sure. I agree. And for me, I guess. I can't speak for all YouTube creators because there's so many different categories of content when it comes to YouTube, but as far as gaming, it's also just trying to figure out, is this game going to be long, long-term long corn- content, sorry, or short-term content, for example, whether you're doing Among Us, which was booming for a while, but dropped yep. off heavily, or Fortnite, which has been going on for how many years and it's still at the top so much because of how much the <sighs> developers focus on content.
0: If you got on that Fortnite also, train early, you are eating. Mm. Oh, so you're telling me it's
1: crazy. Guys, I was I was at Luminosity, right? I was I was at Luminosity. I joined MLSE right around when when, when Ninja, when Tyler pivoted to Fortnite, and it was wild yeah. watching what happened after that. Like that was yep. crazy. That was a major career. I, I have a story. I've told this story before, but just quickly, tangent. So Ninja goes, he's a big Lions fan, I believe, Detroit Lions fan. So he goes to a Lions game, you know, back yeah. in my tenure with Luminosity. You know how would it go? Great. We hear we hear a story basically that he went in there and you know wasn't sure what the kind of a reception he was going to get. The guys asked him, you know, how much money are you making? You know, this year gaming. He tells them they're like, man, that's amazing. And it was you know it was good. It was hundreds of thousands. You know, wasn't quite a million bucks, but you know, up there, good, great, great income. Um, and they're all super excited about that. Fast forward one year, same thing goes into the locker room. He's the highest paid guy in the room that year. You know what I mean? Like just meteoric. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Like more than that the quarterback. I think the quarterback was the Stafford. Yeah. yeah, that was wild. As soon as I saw playing with
2: Drake and Travis Scott, I knew gaming had pretty much peaked at that point. It was crazy.
1: It's funny how many of those moments exist nowadays, but that was like a a, a milestone in gaming and live streaming and just, you know, making gaming mainstream in my mind, right? Yeah. yeah, I will always credit Fortnite. Yeah, I will always credit Fortnite with for being the game that kind of bridged mainstream with like the competitive mode of the game. And I think that's one of the problems is, is like game developers up until that point always really assumed that mainstream games needed to have like casual modes. And that's one of the things with 2K. I really wish it pushed you more into the like my player stuff and not didn't really give so yeah. many people just the quick load up now, play now option. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I think ultimately I agree, I agree. everyone craves depth of competition. I think some people will just mindlessly, you know, play the game and play now because it's like, you know, they learn it and it's familiar and they love basketball. And they just want to go kill some time. Yeah. But I think across the board, I don't think you can find too many people who wouldn't get more into a deeper version of the game with deeper you know, skill sets and, you know, strategy and, you know, just a higher level of competition. I think, and, you know, I think everyone we've proven that Definitely. it's not the it's not the niche of gamers who want that. You know what I mean? I think it's it's the yeah. majority
2: yeah most definitely I agree Gaming is getting a little bit tough It is getting a little bit harder to kind of casually game because especially with skill based matchmaking I can't just load something up and kind of kick my feet up anymore it's just these these 13 these 13 year olds on G fuel man I can't stop them.
1: I know, and well, that's where where Warzone <laughs> scratches an itch for me. Like for me to play Counter Strike, yeah. I got to be like relatively sharp at the game, right? Warzone's kind yeah. of like that more casual game I can just sort of drop into. But then same thing, like you get pretty frustrated because it's like you get down to the late game and now you're playing against the sweats because there is no skill based matchmaking, right? I'd almost rather be yeah. at a lower rank in Warzone and be able to actually win some games
2: than what I'm yeah. dealing with right now. Yeah, it's definitely no. that middle ground you got to find. But at the same time, you could always just kind of have a ranked mode in a game, which I'm surprised a lot of games haven't integrated.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just one of those things where like, you have to appeal to both audiences. But I mean, damn, this is, I mean, this has been incredibly informative. Um, it's nice to have a guest who's, uh, <laughs> the mic and the cam just works, you know what I mean? Like it just, just works. <laughs> they might edit that out in post. It's not really shots, but it's just funny to me. It's just funny how well Henry came in prepared. <laughs> I well, think. I think
1: you're giving him a little too much credit for the cam, I'm seeing some latency. I don't know if that's on us or that's on him. I think he played. Yeah, the That's, that's
0: the okay. internet, his is fine. Cam's it's, a little
1: grainy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Henry, uh, I so I, you're Canadian, but you're from Winnipeg, which also again makes sense. Maybe a little bit of uh, uh, you know later adopter of the Raptors, right? Because I know you know you leave Ontario, yeah. and most people look at Toronto yeah. as uh, you know. There's a little bit of uh, you know, I know I know you go over to Vancouver, and there's certainly a sentiment about Toronto. So I don't know how early that starts as you head west, but. I can see why people would be a little bit more hesitant. I feel like the Raptors and the Blue Jays, though, have done a pretty good job of, you know, becoming kind of Canada's teams, in a sense.
0: Most Um, definitely.
1: But I heard you came to Toronto. It was was for the first time when you came to Toronto to shoot some content with the Raptors a few weeks ago.
2: Uh, So I'd actually been to Toronto before, and that was just kind of visiting family. But that was more brief. But in this case, I actually did get the chance to explore Toronto a little bit. And it's a busy city, and I love that about it. So I think my conclusion from visiting Toronto is it's, A very great city to visit, but it's not somewhere I'd live, if that makes sense. Like, it's somewhere I can go there, spend a couple weeks, and then come home. But I find that I like my own city just because it's a little bit smaller. It's a little bit more low-key, and everything is just convenient and easy. Whereas with Toronto, Toronto basically feels like the Canadian version of New York, if that's a good
0: way to put it. Maybe a bit cleaner. (laughs) Yes, I've heard that described many times.
1: Yeah, cleaner, but also and New York has this, too, where there's like this huge day population that migrates in and then leaves. But Toronto, like if you go to the financial district, like everything north of our arena is a ghost town after you know, five, six p.m. It's like there is no one living. Yeah. There, you know what I mean? It's all people yeah. who go to work. It was super eerie to be in that part of the city during the pandemic because it was just like, you know, the largest, oh, yeah. most expensive buildings, you know, in our city. And just like empty for blocks and blocks and blocks because there's just no integration of where people live. The communities where people live, which yeah. are still very much part of the city, are all kind of like often isolated. Well, the guys live in Liberty Village. I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. Maybe we get you to come because they're moving out of their apartments. they got nice condos in Liberty Village. If you want to come for a stint in the off season, maybe come stay, and hey, food, man, maybe I, stay in one of the condos. I, I'll
2: definitely have to. I'll definitely have to. The heck? But behind the scenes going, Shane's creating yeah.
1: new work for us.
2: <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> Phil, you want a
1: condo? <laughs> you, you want to know, come we'll spend also. some
0: time in Toronto? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> to, man. Canadian women. We got six of them. We got
1: six of them. <laughs> hey everyone, behind the scenes, listen up. We're we're uh, we're we're leasing for free our uh, our off season condos to bring
2: content creators leasing to for free. Quite the upsell yeah. there. <laughs> but I know I Toronto's will, definitely will. a great place to visit. Uh, yeah, I it'll, it'll pay it's itself back in it Impressions. I think the it was though. the networking. Sorry,
1: I was just gonna say you know, the lease will be paid through Impressions
2: and Views.
0: <laughs> I can offer that can offer something up. No
2: no, no. Yeah, so who, networking.
1: Who would you get to network with when you are here?
2: Uh, well, it was just more getting to me. It was just weird, especially, I guess, because I came in during the Caribana weekend that I was like in oh, an yeah, Uber yeah. and suddenly DJ Kyle is walking down. There was just a lot of celebrities. And in general, it just feels like Toronto has more connects because there's just a much bigger marketing city than little Winnipeg over there. So I think in yeah, terms of sure. my career as a content creator it would benefit me to be in somewhere like a Toronto or New York or an LA, just so I can get connected and be more integrated with a lot of bigger content creators that are usually in these big cities.
1: Totally. Well, I, I don't know if you know Boy from the FIFA scene, but uh, he moved to Toronto years back when I was yeah. working at MLSC and we've been working with him a little bit here and there on some of our FIFA programming. And I know, yeah, he yeah. moved from Vancouver to Toronto in the Liberty village, kind of, it seemed like for the same sort of reasons. I don't want to speak for him, but just, you know, from keeping up with him yeah. a little bit, following him on social, seems like he really enjoys living here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I think there's
1: no shortage of uh, opportunities that you know you can get through Raptors Uprising. Again, I love seeing C- Canadian 2K creators and you know getting married to the Raptors. Uh, you know, having again having an agent as kind of one of the faces of the of the brand really helped us in the early days. And um, you know, love seeing that we have someone who's super authentic to the space. Obviously, you know, you're, you're the right person and personality to kind of help represent the brand and work with us on this some of these cooler activations that we do with uh, some of the sponsors. So it's awesome to have you involved in the, in the Raptors Uprising Thank you family. very
2: much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what's in store with me and the Raptors Uprising. It's been a good time so far. I'm not even really just saying this is like a hashtag ad or anything, but just even when I went to <laughs> Toronto and everything, the accommodations and everything were just amazing. They kind of went far and beyond. They even gave me tickets to the Chris Brown little Baby concert. That was an amazing time. So the hospitality awesome. in general has been very cool, which is why I'm looking forward to doing more work with them.
1: I love to hear it. They always do a great job. love to hear that they're keeping that standard up. And, no, oh, I don't know if you heard that, folks, but Phil, <clears throat> you know what that means. Shocker. Shocker. My food yeah, has arrived before this? Phil's. My Uber needs <laughs> to get a <laughs> Ten, 10 and 0. Somehow, mean. 10 and 0. I always <laughs> get my deliveries before Phil does, and that marks the end of the podcast. <laughs> the shame One of these Jordan days, Phil, the they're going to get you. I, pro- I, I, I have faith
0: yeah maybe uh maybe episode 11. we'll see what maybe, happens but
1: maybe, episode 11, no. maybe
0: you'll have to move maybe yeah, maybe when you
1: come a- to toronto and you do the toronto edition where you're broadcasting for one of the Raptors uprising condos
0: i'd like to uh, think so i mean dang at some point <laughs> then you'll you be in the heart of the, the city we'll then they'll cool. get to you first That's what I'm talking about, man. But now this was an amazing episode. I mean, seriously, Henry, you're so well spoken, man. And thank you for sharing a lot of your experiences uh, and just your knowledge in general, like, you know, regarding just, you know, YouTube and analytics, your experiences. I mean, that's just crazy to us. You know, it's been an amazing episode number 10 of the the Raptors 2K podcast. You know, our friends at Uber Eats allowing us to put this on, you know, so like any any parting words before you get out of here? Uh, i just want to quickly say thank you very much for you guys hosting me this was a good time this is my
2: first podcast ever so i was a little bit nervous but no you guys made it very smooth easy and it was a good time so thank you for that
1: man. thanks for telling your stories and all you aspiring content creators out there hopefully learn a thing or two and just you know grind it out keep at it you never know if you're gonna be the next one to blow up
0: 100 percent, man you know the vibes man like comment and subscribe we got more content on the way thanks for watching